We back. We back. We back. We back. Yo, peace and love. Peace and love. It's your boy DJ Almighty. Back in the building. Back in the building. Season three, episode three. And we know these junior college years. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to dive right into it. Like I mentioned before, season three is dedicated to this, you know, I guess this subtitle of um, It Was Life or Death for Me. And and I really want to elaborate on what that means because um, I know a lot of times people don't even know what people are going through. And I hid it. I hid what I was going through. Um, and I mainly went through it sophomore year. But season three, I'm going to talk about this whole entire situation, including the sophomore year. So this episode is going to just open up the can of worms and just walk you into this, I guess, into this story. And then the continuation of season three is going to go right into sophomore year of um, of how the story, you know, really began and ended. All right. So, you know, we always talk about those three topics. So the first topic is going to be adjusting. Second topic is going to be making new friends and making new enemies. And then a third topic is going to be called, I never knew the hater existed. I never even knew this hater was there. And so, you know, I don't never like to mention names um, of my stories or mention names of the situations. And I'm not definitely going to um, mention this jerk's name. You know, he was a weirdo. Um, but I'm going to give him a name called Pete. We're going to call him Pete. Pete with the speech impediment. That's what we're going to do. We're we taking it there. Pete with the speech impediment. That's how we're going to play him. All right? So let's get right into it, baby. Let's get right into it. Adjusting. You got to understand when your kids go to college, they have to adjust. No matter if it's a small campus, no matter if it's a junior college, no matter if it's a big university, they have to adjust. And so for me, coming from a big city, adjusting to a small farm, it was hard. For the first, I want to say, three months, I did not sleep my freshman year of college. The first three months, I did not sleep at all. I probably got a few hours of sleep a night. And it's weird because the funny part of it is I couldn't sleep because it was too quiet. It was too quiet. I'm used to hearing buses, trains, cars, people screaming at night, people playing their music. You know, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing gunshots and living in Iola, Kansas, it was too quiet for me. It was a shell shock. I could not believe it. I'm like, yo, I need to hear something. So ironically enough, my roommate um, allowed me to turn the TV on at night just to fall asleep. So I went to shout my roommate out freshman year. You know who you are, you know what I mean? Um, he allowed me to turn the TV on for, for the first few months because I could not sleep. And people don't even really understand that unless you've really been through that same situation. Um, it was amazing because I would be up all night and just, it was a situation where I just couldn't understand how it was so quiet. 
and music didn't work, you know, because I was just used to that organic noise. So the TV did help. It did calm me down a little bit and understanding that concept of adjusting. Um, I give you another scenario. People, people trip out when I say this. Um, when I went to Kansas was the first time I actually really saw stars. You look up in the moon and you can see stars. I never saw stars in Chicago. I mean, real talk. You know, people talk about stars and, you, you know, you look up, you'll see a few. But living on a farm, I saw stars. I, I mean, it was a it was amazing to me. I'm like, wow. You know, because you got to understand when you live in a big city, you got a lot of pollution. You got a lot of buildings. You got a lot of different aspects. And living in a farm component, um, there's open field, there's open space. So that just gave me a whole different outlook on, you know, what's really out there sometimes. Smells. Um, during the week, you smell horse manure. Oftentimes, you know, several times a week, you'll walk out in the morning, you just smell horse manure all day long. You're like, wow, I smell shit all day. Yeah, that was life. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things that you really had to get accustomed to and just the component of, understanding that this is the way of life for people and you have to appreciate it you have to respect it and at the same time you have to also learn how to live in it and become diverse you know because you just want to be somebody that appreciates all the experiences that you that you go through in life and it was just really one of those different things of adjusting and realizing that this is the new norm for me um it was the new norm of Waking up, working out two times a day, working out, making sure you got the proper rest. But for me, ironically, like I said, I couldn't sleep. So it was also those different components of how do I stay awake in class? What do I do? You know, um, and thank God that I never was um, one of those people that, you know, found drugs appealing. Because I'm, I'm sure, you know, some people that were going through the same different things that I was of they couldn't sleep. I'm sure they would probably, you know, take some drugs or if they were going to sleep in class, they probably would take drugs to, you know, stay woke. So, you know, I just thank God that that wasn't a part of my life. I just had to go through this, I guess, the organic way and just figure it out. And um, it was just one of those different things that just really helped me figure out how to navigate. But at the same time, as parents, we got to know our youth. You know, I'm learning things right now about my daughter that I'm taking notes. You know, I'm learning things about my daughter that is going to help me in the long run when she's in high school, because I can see some of these traits now, you know, so I wanted, I want you as parents to do the same thing, you know, in your household, understand who your child is because, you know, when they go away to college, they're going to have these same traits sometimes. Um, people change, but at the end of the day, you know, your child is your child. And when they have these different characteristics, I, I, I kind of think you can start seeing some of those different things, you know, as a, as a child going into a teenager and then understanding. So, you know, I just really want people to be conscientious and understand that even though your child is, you know, vibrant and all these different things now, they change. 
they adjust. And it took a lot of adjusting for me. Um, I remember being this person who was really freshman year outgoing and, you know, you would see pictures. I'm smiling in some of my pictures. And and that smile went away in, in, in the first six months of college. You know, um, my personality changed and that vibrant person, you know, never was the same again. And that person never came back. So the adjustment process is various, you know, very real. So, you know, you really want to encourage your youth and your kids to understand who they are and just help them out because when they go away to college and when they're away from you, you want to make sure that you have instilled these positive traits so they can continue those um, those positive things when they're away. And, you know, I did go through my depression, but I thank God that I did have strong family praying for me that kept me motivated, that kept me there. But it was good days and it was bad days. And that first six months were very hard. And thank God I had music. Music is what saved me from not giving up. And um, I want to thank Common, the rapper, you know, Rashid Lynn. He um, really was essential in my life at that time because by listening to him made me feel like I was back home in Chicago because I can attach, <clears throat> excuse me, the words he was saying in his music. And I knew those places he was naming. I knew those different locations. So me being in Kansas and listening to Common was really helping me adjust it really was helping me navigate through my first six months because the first three months I did not sleep. Then the first six months overall was, you know, really different because now you're a full-time athlete. And, you know, if your youth is a full-time athlete, their body changes. They never worked out like this. And then if your youth is not an athlete, they're just a, you know, a full-time student. This is an adjustment period as well because they're meeting new people. They're going to parties. They're trying to fit in. So everybody goes through a, a different adjustment, but understand that it will happen. So you just want to make sure you instill those positive components. So when your kids leave you, they still have that. And I just want to shout out my family um, for holding me down and keeping me in their prayers because it was rough, you know. And then um, going to the second topic, making new friends and um, making new enemies. Right. So remember, season three is dedicated to freshman and sophomore year, my junior college. So I'm going to open up the door and walk you into meeting this person. Pete, with the speech impediment. We're going to walk you right into meeting him in this episode. Then four through seven is going to take you right there. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming, you know. Hit that subscribe button because this is about to go down. So making new friends. That word to me, friends, is overrated. The people that I met in junior college, I want to say, man, probably in those two years, 60% I probably still communicate with. And there was a lot of players, you know, probably... um. 20, 21 players. And I still communicate with probably 60, 65% of them right now, you know, and this is 20 plus years.
So understanding when you meet people in life and you call them your friends, a lot of times they become your family. And that's what happened, you know, for me, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a college student, you know, I still have friends that I met at Eastern Illinois University that I'm still friends with. And I wasn't an athlete at Eastern Illinois where I graduated from. So it doesn't matter, you know, because they'll say, well, yeah, you was on a battlefield with them. That's why they still your friends. Well, you know, like I said, I've, I've met people at different colleges that I'm still friends with and we didn't play sports together. It's just the, um, the bond and the friendship, you know, and it's just one of those things that you got to meet new people. And hopefully when you're away in college and your kids are away in college, they can determine the good friends and the bad friends, right? Because, you know, everybody's not going to be 100. Everybody's not. You know what I mean? People had their good days and bad days. And you got to understand, when I was in Kansas in junior college, I had a team of probably 12 other players. And these are all men from different places and different cities in the United States. So they got different personalities, they got different stories, they got different backgrounds. Um, and we all had to come together and, and make it work like a melting pot, right? And it's amazing that, you know, when I talk about in episode two, that bonding experience, we had to formulate this and we didn't even have the support of the coach. So we had to do this, you know, so... It's important that you instill, I guess, that that motivation to your youth that, you know, it's okay to make friends. It's okay to reach out and be cool with different people in different races and different backgrounds and different socioeconomic classes because having friends is important. Having people in different backgrounds is important. So when you have these conversations, you can get different opinions. You know, um, even if you went to an all-black school, you're going to get different people from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Everybody is not going to be from the hood. Everybody is not going to be from the middle-class neighborhood. Everybody is not going to be from the suburbs, even at, at a historically black college. So it's so good to, and I always encourage people to go to college, first and foremost. Let me, under, let, me let me let you understand that, whether it's a trade school whether it's a, you know, a program where you can become, you know, something successful in vocational training, I get it. But going to the military and going to college, I think everybody should experience that, you know, whether you do either or, because going away from what you are accustomed to, it really helps you become a person that can deal with different things, I feel like, just in my opinion, just in my opinion. And, I, and I'm and i not nobody, you know, I'm just a, a small person. But when you talk to different people a lot of times in life and they say, hey, I went away to college and I met this person over here, over here, over here, over here, over here, and they was this, and they still talking about this 30 years from now. Or people in the military still got their military friends from different places, you know, and that, that helps formulate those different friendships that 
I can travel all over the United States, literally, because I got homeboys in different cities from all over the United States. That's that right. That shows you right there that having these relationships, you have places where you can travel and learn more new things. I got homeboys literally all over the United States from playing basketball and going to college at Eastern Illinois. You know what I mean? So, and my cousin who was in the military has homeboys all over the United States as well. So it's one of those things that you get to learn how to live by yourself outside of your comfort zone. Um, and you get to learn how to live in a different environment that, that you're not going to be comfortable with. I always tell my, my students and my, my youth that I train with basketball is that you have to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. When you're always comfortable, you see your same neighborhood for 20 years, you're comfortable in that. So now sometimes in life when you face challenges, you're like, wow, I ain't never been through this. But I guarantee if you go live on your own, and, and you, don't have, you don't have to live in a different state to be on your own. Being on your own means being two hours away from the crib. That's on your own. You know, so don't get it twisted when I mean being on your own don't mean just moving to a different state. Being on your own means that you cannot turn to mom or dad and be like, yo, let me get $20 real quick. You got to figure it out. And, you know, Eastern was two hours away from Chicago. That's being on your own. You got to figure it out. So in junior college, I was nine and a half hours away. I had to figure it out. And that... I promise you, in my opinion, that molded me so hard that it made me a survivor. And all the men that I played basketball with to this day are still survivors. And whether you go back and live in your hometown city or live in a different city, all those men are survivors to this day, you know, and, and we still have that type of bond. And those are those good relationships, right? You know, you meet these people and and they change your life and they give you the sense of motivation and they give you the sense of encouragement and they look out for you. You know, my homeboys in junior college have looked out for me on numerous occasions, whether it's, you know, with money, whether it's emotional support, whether it's about to be a fight and they and we standing, you know, back to back, about to about to throw down. You feel me? Like that's what that friendship looks like. But then understand too. Guess what? It's always going to be them haters. Yeah, you heard. It's always going to be them haters. Them haters is always in the vicinity. You feel me? They always there. Understand something. The haters are always going to be there. So you always going to have some enemies. Sometimes you're going to know about them. Sometimes you're not. Right? So freshman year, I didn't know I had this enemy. Right? I didn't know I had this enemy. What's his name again? We're going to call him Pete with the speech impediment. I didn't even know I had this bum in the Raptors lurking. You feel me? So now you heard me talk about the friends and, you know, I was all rosy and my brothers and we standing toe to toe. No, yeah. Now we going flip mode. Yeah, flip mode's the greatest, right? Now we about to talk about the enemies. Oh, you going to have them haters. Yeah, you're going to have them. Like I said, 
Sometimes you're going to have them where you know about them. Sometimes you're going to have them where you don't. So we do a scenario where you know the haters are there. So, you know, me being from a different city, I will always dress a little different. You know what I mean? Dress a little different. And so you said, what does that mean? So I was a, I'm, I feel like I'm an old soul, right? I'm 39, but I feel like, you know, I'm really 52. That's how I really feel. You feel me? I was always the type that I was dressing with the jeans and, and the hard bottoms. I had the hush puppies, right? And I'd be the one, you know, dressing very preppy, freshman year in junior college. And a lot of people was just really being sweats or never keeping they self, you know, put together. And I always was the type of brother, man, I'm going to be, you know, haircut, fresh, um, clean, shaven face. You know what I mean? Cut my nails, always dressing. That's just me. You know what I mean? That That's how I carry myself. I carry myself as a man um, of, uh, of a different of a different type, you know what I mean? And that's how I was taught growing up where I was from in Chicago on my side of town by the brothers, you know? So the men that I was brought up under, they taught me never to sag your pants, always carry yourself with, this, with, with a type of aura that people understand that you're not a hoodlum, you know? Never give that appearance of being a hoodlum. Now, you might have something on you. You might have a knife on you, a gun, but never let nobody know by looking the way you look that you have that on you, right? So I've always dressed preppy, and, and I still, to this day, when I go out, dress preppy. Um, but at the same token, understanding that the haters will let you know they're there. They're, oh, oh, look at him. Look at him. Oh, he think he fresh. Look at him. He think he fresh. Look, he got the hush puppies on. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you're hating though, right? You're hating. I feel, I, I see you hating. I, I see it. You know what I mean? And, or I remember back when we was in Oklahoma, shout out my man Money. You know what I mean? We always used to wear the Tims and the shorts because that's how we get it. You know, I grew up in New York in the summer times, and in Chicago, we wore Tim's, and my man grew up in Pittsburgh, and, and they wore the Tim's all the time, too, so people would hate on that. People would hate on the styles, and then, you know, try to jones on you. Oh, look at him. He think he fresh. He got the Tim's and the shorts on. Where they do that at? That's that little low-key hate. That's the hate that you know about, though, right? You can see that type of hate, but um, the type of hate that you don't see that's the dangerous type, right? That's the type of hate that you got to tell your kids about before they go to college. You got to let them know that it's going to be the haters and the, and the raptors. And they got to keep a real close eye. And everybody, everybody is not your friend. Everybody that you dap up, everybody that you have in your dorm, everybody... That's in the car with you. They're not going to be your friend. Right? So this dude, he didn't play basketball with me. Okay? Pete with the speech impediment. He didn't play basketball with us. So he wasn't even a hooper. So this story right here that we about to dive into, this dude wasn't even on my basketball squad. 
So we going to really get into this, right? He wasn't even on a hoop squad. He was a dude that went to the school. He was around. But he wasn't even on a hoop squad. Everybody used to roast this dude. My man had the little Jerry Curl joint. Used to dress like a 1986 pimp from Kansas City. People used to roast him. I used to be like, yo, yo, man, leave homeboy alone, man. I, they'd be like, man, look at him. He, look at him. Look how he dressed. He got a curl. I'd be like, man, look, leave, leave him alone, man. He cool, B. Leave him alone. You know what I mean? A few times we'll go to his house in um in Kansas City. You know, a few times we'll go to his house. Not because we was cool with him like that. Just because we can spend a night at his crib and go to the parties in Kansas City. So he was just the, the you know, the, the crash pad. You weren't really the homie, homie. And um, he was a little goofy, you know. Anytime we play pickup basketball, he'll always be there. I always want to hang around a hoop squad. Um, his game was horrible. He had no game on the basketball court. You know what I mean? He wasn't a factor. But he was always around because, you know, in that situation when you down there, man, it's like being in prison where, you know, if you had black, black men, you needed these men because if something happened, if something went left, numbers mattered. You know, numbers counted. Um, but, you know, this dude was always around. And it was just so ironic when you think of it, you know, in retrospect now is that I was always defending him. Like, literally, I can remember always defending this dude. Anytime somebody was roasting him that I was around... I would be like, nah, man, leave homeboy alone, man. He cool, man. Leave him alone. And they'd be like, yo, why you defending him, man? He's a bum. Why you defending this cat, man? And I'd be like, yo, man, he cool, man. He, you know what I mean? He got the speech impediment, man. He cool, B. You know what I mean? Leave him because I, I, I didn't grow up a bully. You know what I'm saying? I, I grew up trying to be cool with everybody. That's how I was, you know, in high school. I was trying to be cool with everybody. I wanted to do, like, only time I roasted people is if they roasted me. You know, it was a roast session, but, like... I wasn't the one who, you know, talked about the, the chubby kid or the kid who, you know, looked different or the kid who might have been gay or lesbian. Like, that wasn't me. That's never been my personality. I never was a bully. I never bothered people. I was always the, the jock. I tell females, I'm the meathead. I'm the jock dude, you know. I'm just a, trying to just be on some smooth stuff. You feel me? Just dressing nice and just laid back, man. You know, so that's how I always been. You know, so this dude, people would just make fun of him. And I'd be like, yo, he cool, man. And, and But on a low-key tip, it's like a reverse thing because homeboy was low-key hating. And he became my arch enemy. Pete, with the speech impediment, tried to kill me. That's a, <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. But... We're not going to get into that in episode three. <laughs> you got to stay with me, baby. You got to stay with me because we are going to talk about it in season three. Oh, yeah. Because don't forget, man, we got episode four, five, six, and seven. That's a fact. 
But I just want to let you know, yo, Pete tried to kill me. Pete with the speech impediment. And understand something, I ain't even let too many people know about this situation. I'm going to let you know now, though. My man, my man from Rough Buff, he know about it. He was there. He was there. But understand, topic three, I never even knew the hate existed, like I said, man. So sometimes in life, we really have to be conscientious about who we let in our circle. We really got to be conscientious who we let in our vibe, who we let in our family. Everybody is not your friend. Still to this day, I still go off those morals. I still go off that. Still to this day, understand everybody is not my friend. Because understand something, when I call a man or a woman my friend, nine times out of ten, they turn into my family, right? And I think it's so important that you give this advice to your youth that everybody not your friend. You're going to have some enemies. And understand, it. you know, when you tell your youth that, that you will have enemies, it's not saying that everybody going to try to kill you like homeboy tried to kill me. It's going to be silent a lot of times. It might be people telling on you. You ain't even know they told on you. But you got to prepare them because I really was coming from like a spot like thinking everybody was cool with me. I just wanted to be Johnny Cool Guy. You know what I mean? And, and, and not understanding that, man, like, it's real haters out here. It's real people that don't like you, that you don't even know about. There's real people out here that don't even want to see you make it. You don't even know they exist. But real talk, episode four, I got some more info. <laughs> Yo, I just want to say thank you so much, man. I appreciate your ear. I appreciate your time. I'm coming back real soon. Peace and love. I'm out.